0: What's going on with our crazy supply chains? Companies look to increase staff for peak season. And it's time to thank a trucker. Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends, on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the group editorial director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Honeywell Intelligrated. From system design and simulation to integrated warehouse automation software and technologies, to ASRS shuttles and robotics. Honeywell Intelligrated's end-to-end solutions address the most pressing e-commerce and labor challenges facing our industry. Visit sps.honeywell.com for more information. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham will be along to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, supply chains are a bit of a mess. And so we've invited our own publisher of DC Velocity, Gary Master, to come on to talk about what he calls whack-a-mole supply chains. Hey, Gary, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Dave. Good to be here. So, Gary, you've been tracking supply chains for for years, obviously, but especially in this past year, we've, we've gone through quite a bit. And as publisher of DC Velocity, you have a lot of contacts with folks that you regularly deal with. You're calling this a whack-a-mole supply chain. What do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Dave. You know, it was a number of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that we discussed this right here on one of our podcasts. And we talked about the temporalness of inflation, the temporalness of supply chain disruptions. And I said on I said it then, and I say the same thing now, the temporalness is gone. It's a it's an issue we have that's going to go through 2022. Whack-a-mole supply chain, it means that one week, you're short on ground beef, you throw all your resources at it, you get the ground beef situation, and then you're worried about chicken or cheese. Same thing with appliances and and automotives. And it's just a -a whack-a-mole where you throw resources at something to fix it, and another mole comes up out of the ground, it's a supply chain issue, and you gotta deal with it, and they're just all over the place right now. It's a -a whack-a-mole supply chain, trying to figure out how to solve one challenge after another. That's basically what we're doing right now in supply chain. And we talked
0: about this a while back, a few months ago, and we thought maybe things might start settling down by the end of the summer as people prepare for peak season, but things like, it looks like things are just getting worse. I know there's a record number of ships right now parked off of the port of LA and Long Beach trying to find berths, um, and it's, just, it's not slowing down any.
1: It's not slowing down because what's what's happening, right? So we had this whole pandemic go through and yeah i know we're still dealing with covid and all that kind of stuff but we had the pandemic go through a lot of shutdowns a lot of things changed and the supply chain adapted and where we're at right now is with all the different scenarios from a from a from a political standpoint from a demand standpoint everything came back quicker than we thought and we've got a lot of pent up demand that's been released throughout Almost all the segments of the economy, and now you're in a situation um, where it's like, how do you catch up? And our catch up is you throw stuff on ships and you get it out as fast as you can. And Dave, you just nailed it. You put the 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 hammer to the head of the nail and said, we got a lot of ships parked off of L.A. Long Beach, and if you track it daily, they're there and they're trying to load more in China. They're trying to load more in different places and send more. And there's no place to put them right now. And so it's it's just um, it's crazy trying to get caught up. And I, I, really believe that we're, we're well into 2022 and 2023 before we see some kind of normalization in our supply chain overall. And, and then the other thing is, I, I really think Dave that what we're trying to do right now on the supply chain is we're almost handling it like our military hands of war. And that is you get any kind of resources you can from a supply chain aspect, you get everything and anything imaginable into the theater in the war. We're just throwing everything in the kitchen sink at trying to get some of these shortages in the supply chain handled, and we're going to get through that in the end of 2022 and the 2023. And then we're going to, everybody's going to look at each other going, why costs get so out of whack? Oh yeah, that's right. We tried to you know solve the supply chain whack-a-mole, and now let's get back to some normalization, some kind of cost containment. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic as we move forward with supply chain, uh, moving from a -a whack-a-mole supply chain throwing a lot of resources out to fix it to getting back into a a normalization of the supply chain.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, it seems like there are shortages in some categories and then there's abundance in many others with record numbers of inventory, record amount of inventory in many categories that uh, are just filling up warehouses. So is it a matter of just not forecasting properly or
1: anticipating where those demand needs are going to be? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard because – What's happening right now is, you know, I just saw a report through from several news agencies this morning. Uh, There's a report out on from CFOs. What's the greatest threat to our economy as a whole? It's labor shortage. And how's that impact us? Well, when you have a whack-a-mole supply chain, what what do you usually do to to help fix, you know, uh, uh, an increase in demand and a decrease in in inventory? You throw labor at it. We don't have the labor to throw at it anymore, and with that being the case, we're kind of delayed in our in our in our getting to some of the solutions and some of the problems, and um, and so with that being the case, with the labor situation, it really hampers our ability to be as agile as we want to be, and so you see a delay, and oftentimes after the demand's gone, we're caught up with the supply, and the demand's now gone, and we're on to the next thing already. So it's kind of a really weird situation, and Dave. I've been around this a long time. This is the first time that we're not talking about some kind of anomalies that the supply chain has strain on it. I'm 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 looking right now and I'm looking we have a supply chain issue right now. And the lack of labor to be thrown at it to solve some of it is really putting strain across the supply chain globally and domestically. And one example is you know you start to ramp up ramp up production somewhere to get caught up, wherever whatever that looks like. And then an employee or two comes down with COVID, and we're right back to where we were when we had the lockdowns, where we're having either decreased capacity or shutting down a plant for a week or two or three weeks until you know, COVID is now clear from the facility. There's a lot going on right now.
0: You mentioned about the shortage of labor, and, and obviously automation can help to fill some of that gap, and we're seeing such growth in our industry with the automation companies. But there's only so much that automation can really do, and there's so much capacity right now in the market to even get some of these products off the ground, right?
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up. We're we're uh, we're part of a, hosting an event in Atlanta, Georgia, starting on Sunday, CSEMP's um, Edge Conference, their annual Edge Conference. And so we're gonna be dealing with this whole supply chain crisis, right? And talking about the supply chain crisis, we're gathering in person, one of the first large in-person events in supply chain. And we're gonna be discussing what can those that provide automation and have solutions for practitioners to help them get through, get more input or output and throughput in their supply chain? What can they do to help um, eliminate you know, being betrothed so much to so much labor. Um, We've got to come together as an industry right now, and we've got to be looking at how do solution providers come together, work together with practitioners and say, how are we going to solve this whole supply chain crisis right now? And that's one of the things we hope to do at the supply chain um, conference, and it'll continue on, you know, through through MODEX 2022.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to to being in person and seeing a lot of our friends and coworkers within the supply chain, and it should be a very good week. And we hope to be able to report some back. And we we'll, we will have some daily e newsletters coming out as well about the the p Edge Conference. So be uh, looking for that. Those of you who read DC Velocity and Supply Chain Quarterly, Gary, I, I wish we had more time to talk, but it, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for giving us a glimpse of what's going on in today's supply chains. Thanks,
1: Dave. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Have a great day. Thank you.
0: Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. And Ben, we just talked with Gary about some of the the labor concerns that are in the market right now. And on top of that, we have peak
2: season coming
0: up. So just how tough is it out there to find new workers?
2: Uh, That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, The calendar says it's September. Uh, For most people, that's just back to school time, maybe Labor Day. But for retailers and logistics providers and the supply chain professionals that Gary was talking about, uh, it really means it's time to prepare for that winter holiday peak that you mentioned. Uh, So in some ways, 2021 is following the same pattern as previous years. Uh, For example, we heard yesterday from the National Retail Federation, NRF, that shoppers drove another month of strong sales in August. They brought plenty of uh, clothing, sporting goods, and electronics. Uh, Those were the top three categories. Despite the economic challenges, um, the pandemic resurgence, uh, global supply chain disruptions, uh, but NRF said that uh, those statistics seem to bode well for continuing that economic momentum into the fourth quarter, which of course is where that holiday peak is. But in other ways, 2021 is very different uh, because also this week we heard from the labor department uh, that there really could be very few workers available to fill those winter temp jobs. For example, This week's national jobless claims fell to nearly an 18 month low point. Uh, Specifically, the number of people filing for unemployment insurance was at its lowest level since March of 2020. Uh, And another measure of how many people need jobs or are looking for jobs is the US unemployment rate, of course. And that was 5.2% in August, which was down from 5.4% the month before. Uh, That figure is still a bit higher than the pre-pandemic low point, which was just a scant 3.5% way back in February 2020, uh, but 52 is still low by historical standards, so it uh, looks like there are not a lot of workers out there.
0: Yeah, it, it does look like there's just not people looking for jobs right now. Who might be affected by that trend?
2: Boy, it's a big range. Uh, some examples are DHL e-commerce. Uh, they had said recently they plan to hire uh, about 2,800 workers to sort parcels during the upcoming holiday peak. Uh, And that's about three times the amount it hired at this time last year. Um, Also, the U.S. Postal Service is currently hiring for more than 40,000 seasonal positions, and uh, FedEx uh, is hoping to hire 90,000 people. Um, They could have trouble. We heard from GeoDIS. They offer 3PL services in transport and logistics. Um, They want to hire 4,200 seasonal workers. Uh, But their company CEO had said uh, in a quote, as the industry continues to face significant ongoing challenges, uh, such as labor shortages, skyrocketing e-commerce, global shipping disruptions, that they're increasing their workforce to support their customers through peak season. So you tell me how he balances those two things. Uh, But we also saw that two other companies uh, were taking a slightly different approach, uh, and that is to maybe tempt workers by offering permanent jobs, not just temp work. So for example, UPS, uh, they're hiring more than 100,000 seasonal employees, these numbers are huge, Uh, to support the anticipated annual increase, of course, in package volume. But it said that over the past three years, about a third of all the people that had hired for seasonal package handler jobs were later hired in a permanent position once the holidays had passed. Uh, Also, just a week earlier, Walmart, uh, they said that they wanted to hire 20,000 new workers across their full supply chain operations. But that those jobs are actually permanent positions. Uh, They're divided between full and part-time capacities for tasks like order fillers, freight handlers, lift drivers, technicians, uh, so that the whole uh, spectrum of work. But uh, you you can see that uh, some companies are really trying to get creative here.
0: Well, I guess it'll remain to be seen, Ben, if those initiatives are successful and we do wish them well in meeting their staffing needs. Thanks, Ben. And Victoria, this week, the trucking industry celebrated Truck Driver Appreciation Week. What were some of the ways that truck drivers were recognized?
3: Yeah, that's right, uh, Dave. It's It's been a week of celebration and recognition as uh, industry trade groups, trucking companies, 3PLs, and other service pro- providers were busy um, you know, hosting all kinds of online and in-person events to recognize the nation's 3.6 million truck drivers. So just to give you a few examples, uh, the, the American Trucking Association, which, you know, is a leader of this effort, kicked, kicked off the week by highlighting its resources page. And that's a that's just a dedicated page that contains a whole bunch of tools and materials that organizations of all kinds can use to sort of kickstart or enhance um, and the driver appreciation event that they're already hosting. They also hosted a raffle to thank professional drivers, um, and that was a, a, you know, week of uh, drivers submitting their names to win um, a whole host of um, prizes. Another one was uh, transportation and logistics company C.H. Robinson hosted a digital campaign. And this one asked employees and the general public to upload thank you messages to truck drivers uh, via the company's thank truck Driver, TruckDrivers.com page. Uh, an interesting aspect to this is that the company is donating $1 per thank you message, up to $25,000. Which goes to a group called the uh, St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund, which is an organization that helps truck drivers in need. Also, as part of this uh, digital campaign, CH Robinson is running a raffle to benefit drivers, and professional drivers from all over can enter a drawing to win $1,000, and the company is giving. 10 $1,000 prizes each day this week and next week for a total of $100,000 in giveaways. Um, I found this particularly interesting because C.H. Uh, Robinson actually doubled the amount due to overwhelming response to this uh, to this um, sweepstakes. They were only slated to give away $50,000 this week, 10 $1,000 prizes a day. Um, but uh, again, they extended it to next week because there was so much interest in uh, winning $1,000, which makes a lot of sense. Um, Another one or another couple that I'll mention finally is that um, transportation and logistics provider Warner Enterprises and contract logistics provider DHL Supply Chain both hosted a series of in-person events this week. Um, And those included things like cookouts, raffles, and other giveaways at uh, various locations around the country. Almost everyone that was promoting this week's events, and there were many more than the few I just mentioned, noted that it's especially important to recognize truckers this year in light of the ongoing pandemic challenges that they faced, as well as the other supply chain disruptions uh, that uh, they have had to deal with. Um, Many of us have been working from home, of course, but truck drivers have remained on the road, keeping supply lines running. So uh, it's a nice time to recognize and reward them.
0: Yeah, that's great. Some very good initiatives there. And, of course, there's a lot of talk about the need to attract more people to the truck driving profession. Is this week also a way to help promote the profession on a larger scale?
3: Yeah, I think so. And this is very much in line with what uh, we've been talking about already here today in the other segments. Um, You know, the trucking industry is certainly no stranger to the labor challenges being felt throughout the supply chain. Um, And I think this week definitely helps raise the profile of the industry, and I did come across at least one company that made an effort to sort of combine the recognition week with some data about the profession to sort of inform um, the general public about it. So FreightMarketplaceTruckStop.com, they joined with nationwide truck stop operator Roadies to host what they called um, Rockstars of the Road appreciation events at several roadies locations this week. And in conjunction with that, Truckstop.com released a survey that they had conducted on, quote, the joys and challenges of the trucking profession. Um, Essentially, they asked drivers about what attracted them to the industry, the hardships they face on the road every day, and their concerns during the pandemic. And an overwhelming 96% of the 500 drivers um, that they surveyed said that they feel their job is appreciated, And uh, another 56% or 56% of the total said they feel proud to deliver, excuse me, essential goods to fellow Americans. Just a few more stats, nearly three quarters said they enjoy being in a profession that allows them to be on the open road and explore the country. Um, But at the same time, 25% said that the greatest professional hardship being a truck driver is being on the road for long hours and or days at a time. So that's kind of a double-edged sword. Looking at the pandemic-related issues, you know, because truckers are frontline workers, just over half of respondents uh, said they are concerned about bringing the COVID-19 virus home to their families as a result of their work. So uh, it's just been an interesting week of both celebrations and also, you know, a chance to to get a little more insight um, into the profession itself.
0: Yeah, those are all good initiatives, and we really see just how important truckers are to keeping us all connected. Thanks, Victoria.
3: No, oh, you're welcome.
0: We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories, and also check out the podcast notes section for some direct links on the topics that we discussed today. Thank you, Ben and Victoria, for sharing highlights from the news this week. Always glad to. Yeah, my pleasure. And again, our thanks to Gary Master, our own uh, publisher of DC Velocity, for being with us today. We encourage your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters. at your favorite podcast platform, and our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Honeywell Intelligrated. Be sure to check out all the Honeywell Intelligrated On The Move podcasts that are posted at sps.honeywell.com slash onthemovepodcasts. You can also find Honeywell Intelligrated on LinkedIn and Twitter using the hashtag at Intelligrated. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, when we'll look at women taking on greater roles in the trucking profession. So be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.